Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on Real Talk with Sophie. Uh, being a parent, it's intimidating and it can be challenging at times. So tonight, we're here with uh, my friend Amanda. She wants to share her journey as a mom, as a parent of a disabled child. Um, hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, I am doing well. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. And I do want to thank you for, you know, sharing your journey with everyone. And hopefully this helps, you know, another parent, another mom. Um, so do you want me to start with some questions or do you want to? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell me how you discovered your child had a disability. Um, okay. Well, that started, um, I was full term. It was my last week of pregnancy. Everything looked actually really well. We never in our mind thought that this was going to happen. Um, but the last few days, I was just waiting for her to come out. And unfortunately, and uh, one of the days that we were waiting, she stopped moving. Um, so I had set an appointment to see what was going on. And they rushed me to the hospital said that she was losing oxygen and we had an emergency c-section and it kind of just all went from there she wasn't uh breathing she was having seizures every 10 minutes and unfortunately the loss of oxygen uh resulted in the diagnosis that she has which is cerebral palsy and microcephaly which uh also caused the seizure uh, the seizure disorder that she has as well Okay, um, please explain a little bit of what that means to, you know, the people who don't know what, what that is. Um, cerebral palsy? Yes. <laughs> uh, so basically, in uh, the simplest way to explain it would be a lack of connection from her brain to her muscles. Um, basically, her body doesn't function the way ours does on a daily basis. There is no connection to, hey, I want to move my arm, I want to move my leg. Uh, and there is a lack of muscle growth and a deterioration uh, of her muscles as well. So she's very weak. Um, she doesn't move anything that she needs to do. I need to do it for her. Um, and then uh, microcephaly is also uh, basically in doctor's uh, terms, it would just be a small brain. It, the brain that she had that she was born with is the size uh, that it will remain as she gets older. So there is no uh, development. Uh, so basically she is six years old now and she has the brain and ability uh, development of a three month old. Okay. And um, tell us about some challenges you face as a parent. Um, as a parent in general, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's tough. I think parenthood is regardless of, you know, having a disabled child or, um, a regular child, parenthood is a uh, crazy, crazy road. But I think with the Mira, it's, um, quite a few different ones. I think the, our biggest challenge is that she is nonverbal, so a lot of the, you know, things that she goes through or the pain that she feels, we have to guess uh, what hurts her or um, 
what's causing it, what exactly, you know, she feels. And unfortunately, she can't tell us. I think that's been our biggest struggle is trying to just figure out what we need to do and and, and what exactly is hurting her. Um, that's probably one. Yeah, that's probably one of one of our biggest ones, because obviously with a regular child, you know, my son, Liam, uh, he can tell us, mommy, my stomach hurts. Mommy, I have a headache. Um, you know, my arm hurts, my leg hurts. And unfortunately with Amira, it's all guesswork and it's just constantly taking her into the doctor and, and doing exams and, and doing our best to figure out what we can do for her. Um, and having to put her through that is probably one of the most difficult uh, parts of all of it. Right. No, it's understandable, especially because they can't tell you what's wrong. Right. And, you know, having another child, you know, that doesn't have a disability, um, how do they, how does he cope? Or do you think there's a challenge there yet, you know, because he is little or do you think that um, it affects them? Um, you know, uh, that was something that we had discussed also. Uh, and just teaching Liam how to interact with her. Uh, I think one of the difficult parts of having uh, him second is his lack of understanding of what's going on. Um, you know, when you have an older sibling and a younger sibling, that younger sibling is already, you know, wanting to play with them or wanting to understand that this is your sibling and all that interaction is kind of normal and it develops and, and they're their role models per se. Um, but with Liam, you know, he sees Amira and he knows she's there and he questions like, why won't she play with me? Why doesn't she talk to me? So it's difficult in that aspect um, to try to get him to understand that she is his older sister because right now he's starting to think that <laughs> she's the baby sister. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. It's like, no, she's younger. She's older than you and you're younger than her. And he just doesn't see it that way. But um yeah, I think it's easier now that he's getting older. He's uh, starting to understand a little bit of what's going on. He still has a lot of questions uh, when he sees her. When we go to a doctor's appointment, he'll ask what's going on. Why is she crying? What are they doing to her? Um, but in, in in just terms of like home life, he's getting a lot. He's getting a lot better. Before he wouldn't really interact with her um, because he didn't know what to do. And now he helps me get her diapers or better medicine or he'll come and get me if she's crying so it's it's getting there it's a process it's you know uh, I think one of the things that uh, both Darren and I talk about uh, Darren is is the dad is just um, the difference in raising a special needs child and their sibling I think their sibling learns a lot of compassion and understanding and empathy um, because they do see that and they do see you know the hurt that their sibling goes through and the hurt that us parents go through um, and they learn that connection and that kindness you know that he has to be with her and he although we struggle because obviously he's still a toddler he still does crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff but <laughs> it's very kind um, and he's very sweet and he's very loving and I think that he got that from her also and from how we are with her as well Okay, yeah, no, I do see it, and he's so cute and adorable. Um, you know, I'm sure with time and age, you know, it'll get better for him and yeah, understand it more. Um, so, you know, being in the situation that you are, because you know, obviously, and we all know, you know, being a parent alone is scary. Um, 
how do you mentally emotionally and spiritually deal with it you know um uh i wish i had like the perfect answer for this <laughs> <laughs> there's no perfect answer <laughs> I think there's so many of us out there as special parents that's like uh, we could just get some advice from someone else that'd be great too because we don't I mean we are still struggling every day mm-hmm. and it, it really is a day-by-day situation um, just mentally it's very draining it's very exhausting um, just not only the work that goes into the day-to-day uh, of, you know making sure she's comfortable and, and doing what she needs throughout the day but just the uh, the thought process of all of it what she's going through what we still have to do um and and you know seeing our daughter and any other parent would say the same thing seeing your, your child in pain and uh, uncomfortable or things that you know they have to do in the future get done in the future like it's scary and it's uh it just, you know, increases our anxiety and right. things that we think about on the daily while also still having hope and while also still tending to the present issues. Um, so it's a lot. It's a lot mentally and physically. Obviously, um, we have to try to take care of ourselves in the process of taking care of her. Um, and I like to tell people that I am Amira's eyes and arms and legs and mind and her voice and all while being my own person at the same time. It's it's hard <laughs> um, but I think uh, the best way for me how I've gotten through you know all of this with her in the past six years um, has been my faith has been spiritually um, I know a lot of people can say they don't believe in God or God you know it's just something that helps people uh, get through whatever they're going through and it's just all mental but for me it's more than that and, and I grew up in the faith. I grew up in believing that God has everything in control. And even if this circumstance isn't ideal, um, I look at my daughter and there's no way that I can uh, not believe in God. You know, I see her as a miracle regardless of the circumstances that we're going through now. And there's just no way that she would be alive uh, without, you know, God's hand in play. And and that's how I get through my day to day. You know, I read my Bible. I go to church. Um, if I don't go to church, then I watch it online and uh, try to get as much time with him as possible because that's the only way that I can <laughs> keep sane right. and just, um, you know, remember that regardless of everything that's going on, there is so much worse that could be at play. And um, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably my biggest, <laughs> my biggest way to handle it all and just putting it in God's hands and praying and and relying not only on that but but also on family and you know keeping it in topic I think a lot of the times I spent uh bottling up everything and keeping everything that Amira was going through to myself Mm -hmm. Uh, and just with you know within within Darren and me and, and maybe with his parents um and and my siblings but uh even then we would you know, just kind of keep all the big things to ourselves and, and, and tell them the minor details, you know, and this is what's kind of happening, but we're not going to tell you exactly everything. Right. <laughs> no, it's a lot. Yeah, no, it is a lot. It is a lot. And, you know, sometimes I am sure you have challenges with, you know, trying to deal with it with you and Darren, both being parents, both being individuals, um, 
Well, what is the what is the biggest challenge you guys face as a couple, um, if any? And if so, I mean, I don't know. You don't have to share with us, but you know, um, how? What's your daily routine like from morning to evening? Um, like with Amira, or yeah, no, just an overall. Um, you know, because I know being in a relationship alone, it's hard. Um, you know, having this challenge, is, um, you know, I'm sure it's more also emotional. Um, have you faced any challenges with, you know, keeping you guys at spark? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't even tell you. Um, we and we talk about this a lot, uh, just because we know how easy relationships break, uh, marriages break with uh, children like this you know and having to deal with that and within your family within your couple because it is a lot mm -hmm. on you know the mom and on the dad um, because we each have even though it's a partnership we each have different roles and um, I think it gets hard one of the things that we struggle with as um, a couple is just finding that time to connect um, because obviously he works, one of us has to work <laughs> while the other stays home. <laughs> and unfortunately, I am the one who stays home. Well, not unfortunately, but, you know, just in the aspect of I am the one who, for the majority of the day, is with the kids. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little, and I don't want to say it's more draining, because obviously Darren has his part, and, and I know he feels what he feels just by being away is also something that, you know, it can can break someone you know you're not with your child when you wish you were with your child um but for me myself um i'm home you know I, this is what i deal with i wake up um to feed her i give her a drink i change her um and it just keeps going and it's like this pattern throughout the day and it's like this never-ending day um and then he gets off uh, later in the day and he helps me where he can and <clears throat> i think that's where our <laughs> disconnect comes in because I just went through an entire day of, you know, doing stuff for Amira and sometimes it can be a good day and sometimes it can be a bad day. And if I have a bad day, then I'm obviously not going to take it out on my child, but I will unfortunately have those feelings and, and sometimes I will take it out on him. I'm just agitated and I'm just not in the mood and that breaks us a lot mm -hmm. um, because obviously, and then he's not there and, and, um, I, you know, admitted, I will admit, and I'm sure he'll hear this, <laughs> but I do take it out on him a lot. And sometimes I blame him and I'm just like, you could be here more, you know, you could do this and you should help me. And I understand that you're working, but you should still, you know, help me after work. And, and he's, you know, is like, well, I just worked, like, give me a break. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's just the, the arguments that, that come up and, um, and that, yeah, that, that's one of the things that we struggle with because you get you get that like resentment and that anger towards each other. And then when it comes time for like a date night, you just don't care for it. And that's what is so hard because that resentment and that anger builds up, you know? Right. So 
then it's like, well, I don't want to date night. I don't want to go anywhere with you right now. <laughs> so, Dana voids a lot. Yeah. You know, so, on both of you. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. And, and we try to connect, um, you know, just in, in those feelings alone and we'll have conversations and we'll apologize. We always apologize. Um, and that's probably the only thing that keeps us <laughs> really honestly together because we've, we've had so many conversations where we have seen, you know, couples break up for less, but, um, yeah, that, that's just talking is what really keeps it together. Um, sometimes it takes a while to talk and we'll leave our space. Um, because it is, it's a lot. It's just, it's so draining just to even talk about it within our couple, you know, mm -hmm. uh, how I feel versus what he feels and trying to come and meet somewhere in the middle and being like, okay, I understand that you feel this way and let's work on it. And that's, that's kind of where the, you know, problem comes in. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Right. Right. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> feeling like this is what I need you to do. Yeah. But so no. that's, yeah, that's definitely one of our uh, areas that it's, uh, it's so tough and it's so draining. And, and then obviously with parenting style, some of one of us is more patient than the other, or, um, you know, some days I'm way more patient. Some days he's more patient. Some days uh, he wants to be more active and I don't want to be more active. Um, so it's a balance. And honestly, yeah, that's probably our biggest uh, relationship issue. Just what's with this whole thing. Uh, it's just, it's draining. And it's, it's not so much with each other. It's just ourselves, you know, what we feel within ourselves. And then we bring all of that to the other person. And that's where that disconnect starts coming in and breaking things apart. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, honestly, you're, you're just describing a normal relationship, right? Yeah, it is because, you know, even a regular, you know, you know, having regular kids with no disability or health issues, it's still hard to even just go to work, come home, still cook, still clean, do this, do that. Someone's got to take out the trash and now you're mad at each other's <laughs> right tree on the floor, put it in the basket. You know what I mean? So alone itself it's a challenging and i'm you know i think that you guys are doing great you know talking about it it's it's important not everyone you know can do that it doesn't come easy for everyone and right. giving each other and actually saying i'm sorry it's huge right it mm -hmm. is huge you know it's just finding that time for both of you even when you are drained because that would keep it going you know right yeah yeah that's definitely um the biggest key is just constant communication even if it is like a day later after you've <laughs> already vented to like 70 people about you how much you can't stand this man <laughs> oh yeah well, it's normal it's normal yeah so um so what have you learned along the way that you would have liked to have known earlier with amira um i would say Man, that's tough. I think uh, the lack of patience that I have. Um, I didn't. I honestly didn't realize that I had so little patience until I had Amira. Mm -hmm. um, and just a, a lack of understanding of, of the medical field. I think, and it's crazy because, I mean, why would you? You know, you're not a doctor. Why would it, Why would you go into looking into all this stuff or what cerebral palsy is or what medications this is and the effects and all that stuff like uh, but 
I wish that I would have just read more on on children with disabilities. And I was telling Darren, like, when you're pregnant, you get books like what to expect when expecting, you know? Right. And, and inside it tells you the the growth of your fetus and, and what vitamins to take and what's going to happen, you know, after you deliver the child. But there's nothing in there about the possibility of not having a healthy child. You know, the possibility of having a child with Down syndrome or cerebral palsy in my case. Um, and I just wish that, that that's something that I would have been more aware of. Um, and, and like I said, obviously when you're pregnant and you have books like that, it's, it's because that's not what you think about. You know, you think about all the good that's going to happen and all the joyful moments and that pregnancy brings. So when you, when you're pregnant, you're not like, well, I should look into what happens if this is not a normal baby. But I wish that that was available, um, a little more, you know, to, to just to, just That's to be aware yeah. yeah just to be aware and and even just you know for for interacting with other people who have children with special needs i think this is the most i've ever known about you know cerebral palsy or, or any any uh, special needs mm-hmm. uh, you know diagnosis uh, how to feed her how to change her like these are things that are <laughs> that were foreign to me and I would see someone and I'd be like, man, that's crazy that they have to go through all this stuff. But I never was really aware of like what exactly it was that they went through or what they had to do or what, you know, was out there for parents like this. Um, so I think that's one of the things that I wish I would have known. <laughs> and I wish I uh, could have learned, you know, a different way um, and just prepared myself, prepared uh, my mind for that possibility. Um, but obviously, like I said, who wants to do that when you're pregnant? <laughs> right, no, no, understand. I mean, you don't know it's what's gonna scary. happen. No um, one's told you like this, like, what's right. gonna happen when you give birth. So no, yeah, it's understandable. And you know, you do look at other families and you're like, well, you know, that's, you know, that's a really sucky situation and you don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that needs to be put out there more, you mm-hmm. know, with any diagnosis out there. Absolutely. Um, but, but I think one of the things that I've learned, you know, aside from patients is, is just so much kindness. Mm-hmm. Just to be open and, um, you know, level-headed with people. I feel like people go through so much on a daily basis. And it's funny because I have conversations with people who tell me what they're going through and they're so, you know, like gentle with what they say with me because obviously we have our own situation mm-hmm. and people don't want to be like, well, what I'm going through is more you know, bigger than what you're going through. Right. And they'll be like, I know it's not the same. And, and it's not even like, don't, people don't need to say that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to say that. You know, my circumstances or anyone else's circumstances is still a circumstance, you know, and it, it's still something that weighs on somebody. Right. And that's what I've learned so much, you know, just with all of this is just having kindness toward people's situations. Like, if they're in a mood, they have, there's probably a reason. A reason yeah probably something that happened. let's respect it you know yeah, like, <laughs> something going on and i you know speak for myself because i'm a very moody person and people are always like is she nice today i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like probably <laughs> not <laughs> you'll learn my cues it's <laughs> not a good day <laughs> but yeah that's that's one of the things that i think just patience and kindness and 
oh, self-control, you know, with your emotions and your thoughts. And, um, you know, it's not always necessary to say what you have to say. And, and there's just so much more going on in the world, you know, than the little, the little things that piss you off, really. Um, and I think that's what I learned the most about with the Mira is there's, there is so much going on and, you know, with this little girl, this is all she's known and Mm -hmm. this is all that she's going through. And me being upset about dumb little things is just so, I don't know, it's just dumb, you know? Well, it it is. I mean, you know, we all do it though. We all get mad at the little dumb things, but the thing is that you're going through it. So at yeah. that moment, you're going to say, you're going to explode or whatever. And then right. later on, you're going to be like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I didn't have to get that crazy. Or I didn't have to say that. But, you know, it's understandable. And I think everyone goes through the same thing. Yeah, 100%. Everyone goes through the same thing. And um, don't beat yourself about it. You know what I mean? Because like you said, you have your good days, you have your bad days. And it's all about respect and compassion. Yeah. So let me ask you, so knowing, you know, when Samira was born, um, were you scared or did you have doubts of having a second child? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's to all of the above. <laughs> um, I, okay. So with Liam, Liam was planned. Um, well, planned and unplanned all, all at the same time. It was weird. Um, (laughs) but with Amira it was two years after and you know this is how it came to happen because I see and I've seen with Amira and I've seen with other children uh, the lack of connection with other kids and and it sucks because I feel so bad because Amira she loves to hear children. She loves to hear when children are talking to her and she loves to hear when children are laughing around her because although she is, you know, this diagnosis that doctors keep putting around, she is still a child. She is still six years old, you know? She's, she, she's a kid and like any other kid, she loves that interaction. And so when I see other people and they have their kids and they're not interacting with her because they don't know how or they've never engaged with a child with special needs, it is so sad so i was like as a parent like i want amira to have somebody i wanted her to have a sibling who was going to watch out for her and take care of her and talk to her and sing to her and do all that you know that she wanted Mm -hmm. um and so we had planned on having a second child and yeah that came with a bunch of doubt and fear And I think at that moment, it just turned into, do we want another child or not? Mm -hmm. That was the breakdown question. And our answer was, yeah, regardless of the fear, regardless of what was going to happen, that was our answer. So we went for it and we tried for about a year-ish and nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, we stopped. We were like, maybe this isn't what's supposed to happen. And you know what? Like, that's understandable. Amira is a lot for just one child. Um, and then out of nowhere, I got pregnant. It's a surprise. Always a surprise. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, when oh. you least expect it and when God says, okay, it's time. Yeah. He's like, yeah, okay. You, you think so, but then my time <laughs> not yours. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, so I was excited. And unfortunately, as exciting as that was, I think I was pretty much terrified the entire nine months. Um, and it was 
a, oh, it was a roller coaster of anxiety um, because I felt like I was holding my breath up until every doctor's appointment where he would say, everything's okay. And just that moment where I was in the office and he said everything was okay, I was like, this is great, okay. And then as soon as I left that office, all the anxiety came back until the next appointment. And it was stre- it was super stressful because obviously Amira's pregnancy was actually, it was so easy, you know, the whole entire pregnancy. Um, so I think that's what worried me also is that everything seems okay with Liam, but is it gonna be okay at the end, like with Amira? Um, and, and it was, it was horrible. Honestly, it was horrible. And my doctor would keep telling me everything's going to be okay. Everything looks okay. And I was like, yeah, well, they told me the same thing about her until it was the, in the literal last minute. Right. So you so, can even enjoy it to the full. So yeah. That's why it's, it was, it was tough because yeah. as much as I wanted to enjoy it, as much as I wanted it, um, I just couldn't enjoy it. And it really ruined the pregnancy um for me and i wish that knowing now you know that he's four years old and he's healthy and thriving i really wish that i could have enjoyed it um but i I just i i I would be lying if i say that i did um and i i was literally just uh, trying to get through every day and continuously checking his movements and continuously you know drinking water to see if he would move and, and putting ice on you know like ice packs to see if he would move um and it was, uh, it was honestly just like, hor- it was horrible. It, was, it really messed with my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, after that, and, and that's the thing, even when I was giving birth, it was exactly the same way that happened with Amira. Because with Amira, what had happened is that I was in labor, but I didn't feel any contractions. So my body wasn't reacting as if it was in labor. Like, it, hmm, interesting. It was really weird. Um, but I was, and she was stuck, unfortunately, in the uh, canal, mm-hmm. and that is how she lost her oxygen because my body was supposed to be, you know, trying to get her out, and it just right. wasn't doing that. Um, and with Liam, I started feeling contractions, uh, and the same thing, unfortunately, happened, and he got stuck. And so basically, <laughs> we ended up doing another section. I tried to do it naturally and it wasn't working so they had to take me in because he was losing oxygen and he was stuck in there just like she was and had we waited longer it would have been the same situation um and 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 that's how i learned that i can definitely have children my body just won't take push them out, them out. <laughs> yeah cut them <laughs> out <laughs> in there forever. um and are you thinking or do you know if you want any more kids oh my gosh i don't know <laughs> we thought about it i thought about it um, because now it's funny because we had Liam to help Amira and now we want another child to help Liam. <laughs> right. <laughs> because he is, you know, he actually, he's an only child sometimes because, mm-hmm. because that's what it is. You know, he plays by himself. He does his things on his own and he, he doesn't have that sibling to be there with him at all times. Um, so it was a thought. Um, unfortunately it's just, it's just too big of a thought. Yeah, uh, it's a lot, you know, just with Amira, and and there's so much that she has to go through um, in the future. Right now, she just had a G2 placed in, so we were in the hospital for about two and a half weeks because there were some complications. Um, but she still has a hip surgery, and she still has a spinal surgery, and um, so there's a lot that she has to go through, and 
and just in finding someone to take care of him and, and keep him company while we were in the hospital and mm-hmm. dragging him along just seemed so it was it was really hard so to think about adding another child to that is unfortunately as much as we would want to just doesn't seem like it it would be the right thing but um you know my plan and god's plan is a whole different thing right. so <laughs> if, we learn <laughs> yeah if he wants then that would be the case but my mind you know is is saying no at this point okay and you know with all of this going on and her just receiving in the hospital do sometimes do you feel alone or do you feel like you have the support that you need or want um you know what i would honestly i would say that i feel pretty alone um as much as oh and i don't want to get emotional because every time i think about it i get emotional Okay, no, we can change the subject. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just, um, I feel like as much as people want to say that they are there, um, no one's in that hospital room with me but me, you know? And that's where that loneliness comes in because, yeah, I love the company whenever anyone visits and, you know, getting food and, and the phone calls and, the, and, you know, the text messages. That is so, it's comforting and it's distracting. But at the end of the day, I'm still at the hospital and I'm still fighting with the doctors and I'm still crying with my daughter. And it's lonely because it's just us, you know? And that's my reality. When someone says they're there for me, at the end of the day, they still have their lives and they can go on and they're doing their jobs. And, you know, it takes 10 minutes out of their day to come drop off food for me or whatever. But it's still my entire life. And that's what's, I think, the most lonely out of all of it is that it, regardless of, you know, having a conversation with someone, there's still that, just that disconnect. Like, you don't, I can't fully express what I'm feeling and mm-hmm. they can't fully understand it. Right, because they're not in your situation. They're not going through what you're going through. And have you talked to other moms that are going through the same thing? Have you found a community that would probably, you know, keep give you some peace of mind or some understanding? Um, you know what? I tried to find a community and I'm just gonna be honest. There's some really shitty moms out there. Oh man. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> and you would think that you know you it would be a great community of special needs mothers out there but let me just say a mother is as judgmental as a child with special needs or your child's 100 healthy judgmental people are judgmental people and mm-hmm. everyone does things differently you know with their child um, and their disabilities so i think that's where a lot we're human you know and their way is the best way and unfortunately that's the case and even in even special needs uh, communities so it's been a little difficult to try to find people that you can connect with um but i will say that i did have a connection um or i do have a connection with a family member um who also has a child who went through uh, certain things mm-hmm. and so when i was in the hospital i called her um well not called her but i think i texted her one entire night just the night before Amira's surgery because I was freaking out. <laughs> no, I, I know that you just went through a surgery with your child. Do you mind, um, you know, just calming me down and telling me uh, what you experienced and what happened? And and um, it honestly really does help having that having that conversation with someone who's 
who ultimately didn't go through the same thing, but kind of, in the, you know? Yeah, kind of. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard because there's not a lot of, of special needs parents here in uh, Nevada, um, which is also something that we've run into with just the medical field itself. There's very few doctors here who have uh, taken, you know, uh, who, who are in the pediatric medical field, but are not in the special needs pediatric medical field. So it's difficult because the, there's not a lot here that uh, can help her, that, that's offered for her. Uh, so that's, it's been tough all around. So yeah, that alone, will, that complicates things a little more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, I'm sorry that you can't find a community because you would think that they were willing to give you advice and be open because no one's perfect. Right. <laughs> Everyone needs, you know, that advice, like, what, you know, but not being judgy. Right. It's it harder. Yeah. It's tough. And I'm not like, I'm, and the problem with me is that I'm not social. I'm not a social person. So I won't go out of my way to find, mm-hmm. like, continuously find that, you know? So if I felt like at that moment, I felt like it just wasn't connecting for me then that's like that's it you know right let's move on it's on me but um <laughs> yeah I don't know. it's been a journey right no definitely it's you know it's it's a tough one but you know I gotta be honest with you you know knowing you th- as long as I known you which is not a very long time <laughs> you know you're very I know it's cliche right you're a very strong person you're you're definitely a warrior you um you do what you need to do for your kids to protect them. And, yeah. you know, Amir is six years old now, you know, and she's, you know, it's tough as it is being in her situation. She, she has you, you know, she has her dad and family and, you know, you are, you're strong. And, you know, I tip my hat to you, seriously. You know, I, I don't know how, I, I cannot I cannot imagine what you're going through. You know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be tough. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, the, as, and I don't, I don't wanna say that's cliche. I do get told that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, right? Who, who would say anything different? <laughs> but, <laughs> <You got this. laughs> and, and I would say that just because I feel like any parent would do that for their child. And I've said that so many times. Until I realized that, unfortunately and sadly, that's not very much the case. Right. Um, so I've learned to stop saying that, and I've learned to just accept that. You know what? I am a good mom, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to be like, yeah, you know, to my own horn, because because when I feel like when you do that, it just makes you, I don't know, seem like arrogant and like unnecessarily humble. You know, unfortunately, there are some crappy humans out there. Yeah, you know, especially because their kids have a health condition, they'll ignore them. They won't do what they need to do for them, or you know, it's it's a it's a harsh world out there. It's a- yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Shut you up. <laughs> no, yes, I agree, and and that's why I've learned to be like, you know what, I am a good mom, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the absolute best that I can. And fortunately, it may not always be the best. Because sometimes I mess up, you know, I forget to uh, give her her medication on time or I forget to do a feeding. I, you know, little things that 
again you're human you know mm-hmm. you messed up and and i think that's one of the things that comes with being a special needs mom is that you feel i feel like you feel extra pressure to be perfect perfect right. yeah and then to not make it yeah to basically be perfect you know like, not how only- dare you not give her her medicines like right. hey, i forgot right. to give my kid Tylenol because she had a fever, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Great. And now she did this, or I didn't change her diaper on time, and that's on me. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That I feel like are probably the worst. I'm just my, I'm my worst critic. And, and, but I feel like when people are looking at me, that's what they see. Like, I, um, she could have done this better. She should have done that. Or why didn't she do this? And, and, and so I, you know, take all those things in and I do that to myself. Yeah. No, we got to learn to mute them. We got to learn to mute the thoughts or even people, you know, it's because, um, cause you're doing what's best for your kid and you're the only one that knows what's best for your kid. Um, and we i've learned as a mom as a parent as a human being that at the end of the day whatever you do it's you have to wake up with yourself in your conscience you know what i mean and you alone have to know what what's right and what's wrong right can't be too hard on ourselves for sure um oh i have one more question so um prior to having amira and now obviously we all grow we all change but how has this journey changed you or molded you as a person? Um, uh, I think this would go with the same as just uh, really taking things a day at a time. Um, I, whew, I don't, you know what? I don't even, I feel like this would go also like what I said, by patience, mm-hmm. my kindness, my spirituality also, um, I've leaned a lot more into my spiritual, uh, since Amira. Uh, and it's definitely, you know, when you turn yourself into the spiritual, when you connect with God, your whole person just changes just that alone, you know? Yeah. Um, so even aside from the kindness and, and patience with Amira, the, pine, the kindness and patience comes from God as well. Um, and that relationship and that building of that relationship. And yeah, I think that's that's changed me the most. I was bratty. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I was, <laughs> I was not very kind. I, and I mean, I was, but I wasn't. It was a... Uh, like a controlled kindness, I want to say. <laughs> no, I was kind when I wanted to be and shady when I didn't want to be, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, and it was a it was a click because I literally would do like pass, I would just be passive aggressive with commentary, with my behavior, with uh, people I didn't like or people, you know, that I did like. And uh, after having a mirror, that shifted, you know? I feel like I grew up and... Um, I was 23, 23 when I had her. Okay. Um, so I'm 30 now and oh, it feels like, although I am a, still pretty much the same, I have changed in aspects of, of connecting with other people and, and just trying to be, trying to be a better person for myself, for my kids, um, you know, trying to be, and not only just mentally, but physically and, you know, I have this kid who I have to carry, you know, up and down the stairs. Like I need to be more physically fit. 
Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the gym. Like, it's, I cannot say no. <laughs> so, um, just that in that aspect alone, also. But yeah, I think the biggest turnaround for me has definitely been my personality. Um, just with opening people up, you know, just op- opening myself up with other people mm-hmm. uh, that have been so closed off. Um, and just welcome, welcoming them into my lives and welcoming them into her life. And, right. and you know, just, just being loving and kind and embracing people. That's definitely something that I struggled with and is now a little easier for me to do. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, I feel that, as, you know, as a human being, you have to, when you're going through something, it does ship something in ourselves. And, you know, most of us, most than others, it shifts us to be a better person, to yeah. better understand others and their situation. So, yeah, I think that's really great. And have you ever thought about getting therapy or going through therapy to help you and you know your spouse through the situation? Um, you know, I have thought about it. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. I probably will. Honestly, at this point, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had enough time. No, I barely have enough time <laughs> to <have this> conversation. <laughs> right. I appreciate you for taking the time, though. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, I do recommend it. I mean, I spend so much of my time uh, just talking to God. I feel like that alone is my therapy, but mm-hmm. um, I have heard good things um about therapy and i do understand how that you know is it works i 100 percent believe that it works uh because it is just talking out your feelings and right um if it i mean i wouldn't say that i wouldn't but i not right now right <laughs> um know, it's in your time exactly, you're exactly. your and, and, yeah i'm not gonna knock it because um, i'm sure it I should probably go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think everyone should. Yeah. <laughs> like not just, you know, it's, it's crazy because it's, you know, when I was, when I, when I, as I'm growing up and I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> Ay, Dios mio. Um, growing up, you, oh, therapy, that's for crazy people. Why would you want to go to therapy? It's like, no, it's not for crazy people. It's so I won't go crazy. Right. Then to someone without them judging me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Because I feel like even when I vent to people, it's just, mm, it's just not the same because one, let's be honest, not a lot of people have that much great advice. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are they going to tell me? You know? not much not unless you are you know in this like no psychology and understand why I feel what I feel or or, you know and break it down into past or whatever right but um there is a difference between having that conversation with a professional and having a conversation with a friend um because one you want to just listen and the other you want solutions you want understanding and 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 yeah I think that's what I what I lack is probably that understanding and what I'm probably looking for um so i would definitely say that i i should probably get myself into <laughs> well, I, well hopefully you do maybe one yeah. it will help. Um, not necessarily because let's say you need it i just feel like having to vent and having someone to just sit there and listen without giving you their opinion or advice Mm-hmm. It, it's really good 
you know yeah especially because a friend is always going to be like well you know i think you should do this or what if you do this and right you know <laughs> so it's, it's right. gonna be tough too or the um what's my normal like i don't know what to say response Right, right. I, like, I, I, know. I, I know. Why did I even tell you then? <laughs> right, like, and then just be, like a lot of this, even itself, is a lot to talk about and to get off our chest. Because I know when I tell people, uh, like from start to finish, about Amira or what we're going through, like I can barely get it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Even express that to someone that I know. So it might be easier to do that with someone that I don't know and just let that all out. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think, I mean, it helped me throughout my life therapy. Um, and I do recommend it as well. Not <clears throat> because I'm crazy. <laughs> I haven't known you that long, so. <laughs> maybe a little. My Denali tells me I'm crazy. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I don't have any more questions. But is there any advice you would like to give to another mom? Um, yeah, I would say to be open to letting people in. Because I think that's probably, I know in my case, the biggest struggle when it comes to all of this, everything that that's ever happened with Amira. Um, it's just letting people in and not putting it all on yourself because when I had her I wouldn't let anyone like anyone touch her hold her take care of her I would literally have her in her bassinet while I took a shower next to my shower like that is how tough it is mentally um because in our mind and in the mind of mind of any mom you know special needs or mom it no one can take care of our child better than we can. And that is how it will always be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> why, why would I trust anyone else with my child? Um, but especially with a special needs child. And I've learned to depend on people because I didn't for so many years. Mm-hmm. With her, Honestly, I'd say this is probably the first two years where I literally let people help me. Um because it, it does break you down and you can't do it all by yourself. Like you just can't as much as you want to. And as much as you think that you can, it's, it's impossible. You're just one person. And as much as you want to hold that super mom, you know, title, it's the only reason that you can be a super mom is because you let people help you. And then you're the best that you can be, you know, you get your rest and you get that mental break and you can come back and you can deal with everything again for another day. And that's what I failed to do. And I think that would be my biggest advice is just to let people in um, and to be honest, be really honest and raw about what you're feeling and just cry, you know, let it out. That's probably my biggest thing. As for advice for other people, um, would just be to have your children have your family like engage if you see a family with a special needs child and you know your your child's obviously gonna be interested they're gonna be curious as to what's going on maybe approach them or don't approach them but have them have your child say hi or you know like little things because it feels nice when i have a mira and another child will come up to her and say hi to her or hold her her hand or play with her hair because 
as much as she does look different, she's still a child and I see her as my child. Like, you know, she's my child. She's someone <laughs> I love and I want to be able to see her be just like any other child. So my advice for other people would to be to engage with special needs parents and special needs children and treat them like your child is just seeing another six-year-old out there or another four-year-old out there. Um, and just be more aware if you know if you have someone in your life who has a special needs child, maybe look up what you know their child has, and that way there is a connection and, a, and something that you can talk about. And it it literally makes such a difference when someone really knows what's going on and put that effort to understand what my child is going through. Um, but yeah, I think that that those two those two pieces of advice would be what I have to say. That's really good advice because I gotta be honest with you. Um, you know, when I, before Amira, I met Amira um, and you and the, your family, I would see someone with a special needs kid and I would be afraid yeah. to approach because I don't know how they're gonna react and I don't know if I should. Right. So yeah, that's a, a big eye opening right there. Yeah, and, and you know what? Maybe maybe the family is, doesn't want you to approach. But there's really no harm in being like, your daughter is so beautiful. Your right. son is absolutely beautiful. You know, because it's just comments like that mm -hmm. that literally make our day. Because we feel like our child is seen. Right. And yeah, so I don't know. That's just my, that's just my take as a special needs mom. I can't speak for every special needs mother. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like that just just that little thing alone really impacts. No, oh, I learned a lot today and I appreciate you taking the time because, you know, I know how hard it is, you know, especially speak to everybody that's going to go live tomorrow and everyone's going to hear you. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that was tough for you and I appreciate you and sharing your journey. And hopefully someone out there hears it and takes on some advice that you have given today. Yeah, I can only hope. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate I can do, you know, to just put that out there and put her diagnosis out there to get more awareness yeah. of not even just CP, but just children, you know, special needs children, like I will do it. Um, and it's appreciated because not everybody talks about it or not everyone's open for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, you know, time it's time to yeah. you know let's talk about it so i really appreciate you thank you so much for taking the time um and this is going to go out tomorrow at 7 p.m <laughs> i'll add that to my list of anxieties <laughs> you'll be fine you'll be fine i i thank you so much and um don't forget to send me that picture Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good Bye. evening. This is Real Talk with Sophie. Bye. Hey, guys. We are back. It's just one of those things where you forget what you want to say. So <laughs> have Amanda here back with us. Um, so go ahead, Amanda. Um, I know. It's like, wait, I forgot to say. Um, one of the things, uh, I think the question was, uh, what was it? Um a difference in yourself, like a change within mm -hmm. yourself. So I forgot to mention that, um, and it sounds funny, but the strength that I've uh, gained mm -hmm. in myself 
uh, is probably one of the biggest changes that I've seen. Um, obviously, with everything that you go through with a special needs child, you gain a little bit more each time and with each event. Because obviously, the through so many little things and so many big things and we've spent so many time in hospitals and have the worst news and the best news and so it's like an up and down roller coaster and I think that alone has given me such a like a shield around myself that really protects me that really um, protects Amira because within that strength and within the ability to endure all of the things that she's going through as her parent, I've gained a voice for her. And that's what I failed to, to mention um, because obviously she can't speak and she can't uh, defend herself. And <clears throat> one of the reasons I had mentioned about uh, learning uh, your child's disability and learning and connecting with you know, the information that's out there um, for whatever special needs your child has, it's so important because when you are in the hospital, when you are having those conversations with doctors and you are unaware of what your child has because you didn't do the work, um, that's tough. <laughs> and so you're just sitting there and you're getting all this information and you don't know what's wrong or what they're doing wrong or what um, should be done instead of a different way that they're suggesting because let's be honest even as doctors they're not always right and only you as a parent know your child and I know my child so when you learn and you put in the work to understand what it is your child has and <clears throat> you know you know their emotions you know how they react to pain you know you know at the end of the day your, your kid you know and they're cute um, when that happens and you're in that room and you see your child in pain or whatever, you have to have a voice because uh, sitting there and enduring that and just letting them do whatever they want because they're a doctor is wrong. It just, it feels wrong. It feels like, like your piece is just gone. Everything is so unsettling and it just all of it it's gay i've gained so much strength to be like no you can't run that test no you cannot take another blood sample because you lost the first one you know things like that mm -hmm. and <clears throat> i'm a lot stronger because i'm a very i'm not a confrontational person i'm not a person to speak up uh about things that are like eh, okay that's fine whatever and that's how i kind of just leave it um but going through all of this with her, I've been able to be like, no, you're not doing that anymore. You're not going to have me sit here and have her sit here and go through all these exams and all she's doing is crying and you're not getting anywhere. And all of it's guessing because that's all it, I mean, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And I can have a conversation with a doctor and they'll be like, oh, are you in the medical field? And I'd be like, no, it's because I did the reading and I did the work and I understand what's being said because I did that work and and I can have that conversation and be on that same thing because that's all it is education wise you know it's reading and researching and understanding and <clears throat> that's that's helped so much in our role as special needs parents is to just be just be so focused on your child in the aspect of what they're going through what their diagnosis is and and being prepared to go into 
<clears throat> into the hospital room, into a doctor's office, and knowing like all the information and not just being on the receiving end. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but <clears throat> just not being so, just not being so unaware. And and because of that, I've gained so much strength in being able to to help her and and to you know just to be that voice, be that uh, that stand that stands like that stand. Ugh, I can't even say it. <laughs> that person that. Um, you know, stands between her and the doctor to be right. like, well, let's get a game plan here before we start, you know, experimenting on her, per se. Right. You pretty much have to be her advocate and you have to be prepared to go into war um, with everything that's going on and have the mindset to where, like you said, you know your child. So, you know, when to step in and say, no, this is enough. This is not what yeah, exactly. And that's hard. Trust me. And. I mean, me and Darren have had that conversation. And, and as a parent, I mean, these are doctors. So obviously you think they know what they're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. But sometimes, unfortunately, that's not the case. And it's not so much that they don't know what they're doing. It's that they also are unaware of what cerebral palsy is or what um, a microcephaly is. You know, I, don't, I can't mm -hmm. even explain. I can't even tell you how many times I've had to explain to a doctor what it is because That's some of them some, some of them don't even know because they've never come in contact with it other than reading about it once in you know in Medical their school whatever. yeah it's one thing to come across a child who has it and then you got to figure out what they need to do or what they need to do to you know, to help her um so it's helpful to know as a parent what um to say and how to advocate because otherwise they will just keep poking and prodding her like an experiment and that's because that at the end of the day that is medicine you know <laughs> that's how you figure out answers but i mean not on my kid right <laughs> yeah no definitely that so, have to watch yeah so that's one of the things that that i've changed that i've noticed i've seen a change in um, obviously with little things, I'm not as, I'm still very non-confrontational. I really am a very, it's, it is what it is person, but within my family and for my children, that is the biggest, uh, change that I've seen in myself is, and growth of just being there and being, you know, like you said, the advocate mm -hmm. for not even, uh, her, but also for Liam in any circumstance. Um, but <clears throat> that and just the responsibility of it all, because it is a lot of work to be mm -hmm. able to sit down and read what cerebral palsy is, what microcephaly is, what uh, her how her muscles feel, and what she could possibly feel after a seizure, uh, what medications she's taking, what are the side effects of those medications, um, how often should she be taking them, uh, you know what what other medication she needs because of this medication, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just all these little things. And it, it's work. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is that it's, it's actually a lot of work. And thank God that I'm a reader because I love to read. So reading about all of these things has never been an issue for me. But responsibility has. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and to be able to be like, I need to set timers to give her her medication. I need to set timers to wake up in the morning. I need to remember that it's it's not just my life anymore. I can't right. just be this lazy person who doesn't want to wake up, you know, at seven, six in the morning. I want to wake up at noon, you know, but yeah. it's like, no, I can't I have responsibilities. 
And that is probably one of the also biggest changes of myself is being able to be responsible and uh, take care of her, you know, the way that she needs to be taken care of, not like this sloppy, I'll get to it when I get to it. Everything has a time and everything needs to be done precisely and sanitizing everything and, and just literally being so responsible. <laughs> and that's never been a word that I would have ever associated with myself. Um, because I mean, who at 23, whatever, right. you know, like who cares? <laughs> right. I, I'm waking up at noon if I feel like it. So it was a big change when I had her and I had to be like, uh, nope, <laughs> you need to be responsible, not just for yourself, but for your kid. And you need to get on top of things and stay on top of things with the doctors and set up all these appointments and make sure you're doing the work with her, you know, in therapy or, or, or um, just then, you know, the, like I said, just the research of it all alone. And I think a lot of special needs parents could say the same. It's a big responsibility um, to be able to do that and have not just the need to do it, but the want to do it for your child. Right, no, absolutely. I think that's a huge factor. Um, and with you being strong, you also have to remember to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you, you know, it's gonna mess with you and you're not gonna be able to do the things that you need to do for your kids. Right. So has that been tough for you to be be able to be like, I need some time alone. I need to take care of myself. I got to go for a walk, read a book, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. And I think that comes in with my advice of just saying, um, you know what? I need help. I need someone to come and watch my kids so I can go eat a hot meal. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I can't even tell you how many meals I've prepared where I have to prepare hers and then I have to prepare Liam's and then by the time I'm eating, everything's cold. Yeah. And it's just not the same. And and, and I feel like a lot of the breaks uh, per se are just like taking a shower and like, <laughs> getting some air. So I've, I've definitely relied a lot on my in-laws and you know my siblings to just uh, come and just watch my kids for a little bit and trust that they'll be okay in their hands. I think that's one of the biggest things um, as a parent is walking away even, um, you know, just to do something without thinking something's going to go wrong. Right. Uh, and checking in every 10 seconds. And I'm 100% guilty of that. I still check in. Uh, it's gotten a lot better. I, I don't think I <laughs> check in as often. <laughs> but I did a lot. And I was just like, let me know when you get home. Let me know if they're crying. Let me know this and la la and I'll come running and I've learned to just be like, you know what, you got this. Right. You are their grandparent, you're their aunt, or you're their uncle, you can do this because I need you to do this. Right. You know, for me and for your niece, your granddaughter, you know, whatever the case may be. Right, no, absolutely. I, I mean, it, like they say, it takes a village to raise kids and, and you do, you do need a village, especially yeah. in your situation, you yeah. know, um, asking for help or receiving the help, you know, as tough as it may be because I feel like we're independent women and it's hard to, you know, break that down. It's it's hard to be vulnerable when we need to be vulnerable. Right. Yeah. So also, oh, also I was thinking when you were seeing all of this, it's it's crazy how we take things for granted, like showers. I know. A hot meal. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, it's insane. I don't think I, and then just like not thinking because like I'll be in the shower and then I hear like I swear I hear her crying 
and then I'm just like, mm, I'm gonna cut the shower short. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and it's bad. But I didn't. I I can't even tell you. Like, just even napping. I can't. I used to nap so much, mm-hmm. and then I was like, why am I napping? I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna do that. And now it's like, please God, let her be okay for ten minutes so I can take a nap. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. That power nap is so important for sure, especially because. You're probably up more than 24 hours sometimes. Oh man, I can't even. I there have been ta- like days where I've functioned solely on maybe a broken one hour of sleep. Oh like, damn. She can go, and and the worst part of it is that her sleeping schedule can change. Mm-hmm. So she'll be awake all morning and then maybe sleep at night. Um, and sometimes she won't because whatever, whatever the case is, whatever her mood is, whatever her medication's doing to her, there's always something, there's always something that interrupts her sleep. So she'll power nap all day. And that's not exactly helpful because I have things to do all day. Right. <laughs> but it's not like you can stop her from napping. Exactly. You know? And like, why would I? Because she right. slept, you know? So it's like, she has to sleep. I'm going to let her sleep. And then if she does happen to sleep, then I have to be awake for Liam. And so it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, a, it's a tough balance. Um, I think it comes with learning. Learning oh. what works for you and what works for your kids and your lifestyle. Yeah. And there's times where I'm literally just laying on the floor. <laughs> right. Like, just give me five seconds. <laughs> five seconds. And you know what? I just, I have to, I got to let her cry. And yeah. I, and I have to take that moment for myself. And I, it's so funny because I used to be so, like, cautious of mm-hmm. saying that because I didn't want anyone to judge me. And I don't want people to be like, why would you leave your daughter crying or aren't you going to take care of her and what kind of mom are you but it's like when you have a crying child 24 7 trust me you you want to let her just let her cry (laughs) no i get it you're gonna go crazy (laughs) and you know what she stops she stops crying Mm -hmm. and it gets better and i it took me a a minute to remember that because i would hold her 24 7 so she wouldn't cry because i didn't want her to cry and i didn't want to have to put her down for her to cry and I had to start learning that I needed to let her cry it out. And I, I needed to be able to step away from her and take a breath and go outside and get some air and recollect my sanity, you know, because it's tough. And to keep doing that and to not get that time, it breaks you down. Right. And I would find myself, you know, just crying in my closet or crying in my shower and just like hoping, just hoping that things would get better. And, and you know, what, is I do- what was I doing wrong or... Um, when was this going to end? And, you know, as I started to learn to take those breaks, it got a lot easier and I got a lot more patient and I got um, just that that ability to to have, you know, that moment with her even when she is crying. And mm-hmm. I've just kind of learned to disassociate, just disassociate myself from it. Like I can't even hear her cry anymore. Um, right. You, you but, learn. You learn yeah. if it's a, a crying pain or if it's a yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I just want attention. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's it easier. So yeah. <sighs> <laughs> okay. No, it's understandable. And I feel like, um, I mean, at the end of the day, seriously, who's to tell you if you're wrong or you're right? Right. You know what I mean? Um, kids are gonna cry. Kids are gonna. Gosh, I don't. I don't need. How many times I just, you know what, Melody, you want to cry? Cry. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Cry. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. And, and, you know, of course, as a parent, as a mom especially, I feel like we, we, we beat ourselves too much to be the perfect mom or be that perfect mentor for them. Yeah. That we forget that we're also human. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's that, <laughs> that like mental block. And just to, and because there is like so many people who look at you and think that you are such a good parent. And when you do things like that, it just feels like you're not a good parent. So then when people say you're such a good parent, I'm like, oh my gosh, if you only knew <laughs> like how I let her cry yesterday, you know, like thank God no one can see the inside of my home because it's a disaster sometimes, you know, and, and there's just like times where you, you have to compromise. Like either I'm gonna have a crappy home today or, you know, I'm gonna make sure and I'm, but at least the kids are gonna be fed and everything's gonna be taken care of with them. Mm -hmm. And I'll get to that stuff later. And, and so you gotta kind of compartmentalize what's important throughout the day because otherwise you're just it's just so stressful with having to clean having to cook having to take care of the kids you know making sure that everything on the checklist is checked off by the end of the day it's mm -hmm. too much no it is it is it, it's hard it's it's uh, they say it's harder to be a stay-at-home mom stay-at-home wife because you have a million things to do and you're not getting paid for it right so i I, I understand where you're coming from in that aspect. Yeah. Or you got to just hear that? what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell them, like, I have a job too, okay? Don't act like you're the only one working. I just don't get paid. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get yeah. the benefits. I don't get vacation time. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You don't get that overtime or that yeah. medical leave time. <laughs> right. Like, and, and that's what I tell him because he's like, oh, well, I work too. And uh, like I said, that's one of our arguments because it I feel you know like mm -hmm. at least you have a break like you're not hearing some kids crying all day every day right um but obviously I mean he has his own stresses at work and he you know has his own stuff but mm -hmm. that's just one of the things I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's listen that's we're not the same levels, <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing though you know <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah no definitely um is there anything else you would like to add? Um, no, I think that was it. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's always when I'm like not talking, though. right? <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> when I click end, and it's like, oh crap, I should have said. Yeah, like, darn it, I should have said this. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I think that that's it. I just uh, when I was. Uh, I was by myself and I was like one of the things that I always forget to give myself credit for is um, that I'm doing the best that I can mm -hmm. and it's not always good and it's not always perfect and I'm not always strong um, I don't always handle the things the way that I should handle them I'm not always as friendly as I should be to everyone around me um, you know I could always be kinder I could always be sweeter I could have always never yelled at that doctor the way that I yelled at the doctor. <laughs> I could have reined it in a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I am doing the best that I can. And I am doing everything I can to make sure that Amira is comfortable and Amira is happy. And, um, you know, trying to get her to strive as, as best as I possibly can, even with everything that she's going through. And, and even when the doctors are, you know, telling us that, um, 
it's only going to get harder mm-hmm. you know it's only going to get harder Amir is only going to get older and with her age and as she grows the more complications uh, will arise and and that's been true since the moment that they've told us um it's one thing after the other and it never ends and it's always something and there's always a surgery and there's always a medication and <clears throat> yeah it's just it's it's just something that we've dealt with for the past six years and something that we know and honestly I pray that I deal with for as long as I possibly can uh you know to have her here on on earth right and as stressful as it is and as much of of what's happened has eaten me and my relationship uh with Darren or you know just in general with myself my own health um yeah, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it because I know that it's all to keep her here as long as possible, um, and to help her in, in you know her comfort and her way of life. And that right now, that's our goal is to keep her comfortable, um, and and here on Earth with us and our family. And you know, she's a big part of our family. She's the biggest uh, portion of us that you know is full of love and and full of effort <laughs> um she's just everything so you know as much and i think darren would say the same as as much as this breaks our heart and i was just talking to him today it's like our heart breaks and it mends because we get good news and then it breaks again because something else happens and then it mends again and, and just a pattern that repeats itself but she has brought us more joy than we have felt in our entire lives and regardless of all the pain that comes with it and has come with you know her her life and and what she's had to endure and not even pain for ourselves but pain for her you know seeing her go through that and having her cry and and endure all the stuff that a six-year-old should not have to feel right you know um but we, we, we have her here, and it could have been very diff- different circumstances at, at any point of the six years that we've had her so far, and any future years. Hopefully, you know, she doesn't have uh, much more to endure, but unfortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, we are looking on the bright side, and it's always one thing that we've done is just keep looking keep looking ahead keep looking for a silver lining keep remembering that she's here and she's with us and she's smiling and she's happy when she's with us um and that's when we know that we're doing a good job you know right and that's all you can do you know that's all you can do is hope for the best and pray that everything goes well but you know it's crazy how we all think about our journey right yeah but you guys individually have your own journey you know and for whatever reason god put you guys and obviously individual journeys but in the same path for yeah. whatever reason it is that he did and made that decision um she has great parents so that path that you guys are walking together it's you know it's a lot of love and it's going to teach you guys whatever lesson that needs to be taught and at the end of that lesson um which whether we understand it or we don't I believe that you will, you you will, and you are showing others how strong love can be in a family. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, that's perfectly worded. I 100% agree. 
Yeah. So, um, like I said, I mean, you're you're strong, and obviously Darren is too. I know he probably doesn't want to, you know, say anything on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in a little, <laughs> men. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys got to keep your head up high. Um, do what you think it's best. Mute everyone else, and you know, just keep loving each other. I think that's that's what keeps you guys going. Right. Yeah, so um, with that being said, um, thank you guys again for listening. <laughs> and um, thank you again, Amanda. Uh, yes. It, it, it takes a lot of strength to talk about our own journey and be able to voice it right so thank you again i I really appreciate it and hopefully someone listens and says i feel how she feels or oh thank you for that advice that helped me you know maybe you can start a community (laughs) maybe you Uh, can start something (laughs) Uh, yeah, maybe one step at a time. <laughs> I do hope that it, this at least, if even if you know, just to see our family in a different way, to see me in a different way. I know a lot of people have their own perspective of me sometimes, and and this, I don't always talk about it because it's not something that's easy to talk about. But hopefully, um, either this touches someone, the advice is reached, or um, you know, just you know, like I said, the perspective changes. Oh, absolutely. I think that hopefully after this, they have a better understanding of how you feel. Yeah. And why things are the way they are. Right. And maybe not understand you 100%, but at least now respect it a little more. Or yeah. Or give you that respect now. Um, because it, I mean, it is tough. It is tough because you, as a person, as a mom, you're protecting your kid. Yeah. Don't touch my kid. I'm going to do this on my own. I can, no one can take care of her better than I can. Right. But we don't see how it makes others feel, especially right. like exactly. your close family, your sister, your, your siblings and your, the grandparents, because you, and I'm sure as the grandparents have siblings or uncles and aunts, they're like, well, that's our baby too. Like, right. Let us take care of her. Like we can do it too. We're not going to harm her. Um, so I think this will like you said, give everyone else a, pers- a different perspective on the situation and maybe some peace of mind. Yeah. You know, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> no, I think it will because like you said, you don't talk about it. Yeah. And so if, if we don't talk about it, we don't voice it, they're not going to understand us. Right. And we don't understand them. Right. So... Yeah, I think that this was a great episode. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. Anytime. Cool. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye.